My name is Nate Shannock. And my name is Merrick Egber. This is the official podcast of the Ells for Autism Foundation for Autism. And Merrick, why do we call our podcast for autism? It is a play on the Ells for Autism Foundation and also an acknowledgement of the namesake, the Ells family, whose patriarch is a major professional golfer, Ernie Ells, who is also in the Golf Hall of Fame. Very true. We also have to admit that Merrick and I were pretty poor golfers. So if you're familiar with golf, you know that if you hit a shot that is a hazard to the people around you, then you say four. Okay, so we're pretty bad golfers. And uh, that's that also contributed to the name for autism. So I'm Nate Shannock. And I'm a member of our rapidly growing research team. And I'm also a tennis coach at the center. I'm Merrick Egber, and I'm an administrative assistant filling in the cracks of each department like glue. This is our inaugural episode, episode one, Autism Awareness Month and what it means to us. What we hope to do is to present news and updates about our foundation, interviews, or feature stories that play a big role with us and with the community as a whole. Speaking of which, we also have our Today in the World of Autism segment where we posit the news and current events reflective of the world we live in today. Nate, can you give us any news and updates about the foundation? I'd be happy to, Merrick. And... Just an FYI, the news in my world is staying at home, staying at home, and more staying at home right now. But luckily, our foundation is in the um, lovely Jupiter, Florida, so we at least get to enjoy some nice weather during this time. As we're sure you've all heard by now, our foundation and all of its services are closed through the month of April, but we plan to reopen the first week of June, right on Monday, June 1st. While we're away, I'm still incredibly proud of our team and all of their diligent work to ensure that clients are being provided with the remote services that they need, such as behavioral, recreational, and vocational, and that families are also provided with helpful mental health resources to help them navigate through this difficult time period together. All of these resources can be accessed through our website, which are included in our show notes for today. And we do really miss seeing our colleagues. I think we can both agree on that, Merrick. Yeah. Um, but we've still had plenty of opportunities to connect and network with our coworkers, whether it be through our weekly lunch meetings, which occur through the Zoom platform, or Uh, We have occasionally partaken in a virtual happy hour, so that's been a lot of fun. And we'd also like to give a special shout-out to our facilities managers, Nigel Dickinson and Felipe Jimenez, for working hard to hold down the fort and make sure that everything is running smoothly for when we hopefully return in a couple weeks. Big shout-out to you guys. It's very exciting for us to broadcast this inaugural podcast episode during Autism Awareness Month, 
And I would just like to say that COVID-19 will not and cannot prevent us from celebrating Autism Awareness Month, a month that means a lot to, uh, to Merrick and I and also the foundation. During um, our first remote staff lunch this month, the entire staff wore blue to light it up for the occasion. It was a great moment of togetherness with social distancing. And if you'd like to see pictures of this, you can check it out on our Ls for Autism Facebook page. So um, just uh, want to take a minute here to explain why this month is meaningful to me. And then uh, Merrick, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this also. So uh, I've, I've been privileged to work as both a researcher and a tennis coach at the foundation, which has allowed me to meet some of the nicest children and families that I've had the opportunity to meet in my life. Um, and I've been really inspired on a daily basis by the love and courage that I see demonstrated by parents, siblings, and other caregivers of individuals with autism. And it's just a very unique bond that I notice between um, these families. And it's almost like the challenges that they go through really um, just, just brings um, together such a great amount of, of strength and also love. And it's very it's very interesting to see um, for me since I've been working here. Also, a very close friend of mine and more importantly, a podcast partner um, has autism spectrum disorder. And so now I'd like to pass this on to you, Merrick. What does this month mean to you? And what are some thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? So I'm uh, Merrick Egber, as mentioned earlier, and I'm the administrative assistant here at the foundation. I plug the gaps in the departments for them, but here's something you haven't heard. I'm also the longest serving staff member with autism and co-host of this podcast. I was aware of my autism for years, what I thought were just strange, unusual quirks during my developmental periods and later in life that made me feel like an outsider I feel appreciative of a month championing us and those of us who feel like autism is different. It can actually be a strength and not just a disability. I think that the month matters a lot to them too. It is important to be aware of these things, to seek out early interventions, therapies, and to figure out the best ways that your child or yourself can be able to work in the world we live in or as a part of their world. Autism isn't a mental illness. It isn't a disease, a sickness. But sometimes I feel like it is something I would want to take away from my life, even if I feel like so much of me is defined by it. My life, the anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations are relatively high comorbidities or coexisting symptoms within the community, and people should be more aware of it. Love somebody with autism Connect with somebody who has it, encourage their special gifts, and don't let go. It is in certain moments when I feel like my Asperger's, a form of autism, has helped me and shouldn't be taken for granted. Yes, it may limit me, but it allows me to interpret the world in an interesting way. I like to think of myself as a writer, and yes, my autism may have helped me in doing so. 
If you don't know anyone with autism, even if you do, please donate to our organization, which we will link to in our show notes. The foundation has been very helpful for me. I'd like to share my story during my birthday month of June, but needless to say, I was more adrift before I got my job there, and now I'm focused. I've been given opportunities I never would have imagined by people who trust in me, even if I know that my imperfections exist and care that I exist. They know my strengths and weaknesses and are not afraid to ask. Dear audience, thank you in supporting Nate Chinock and his journey as one of our primetime researchers and tennis coach, and in my journey as an administrative assistant. Your contributions help us all out. Nate is one of those special people who understands what I've just said, and I believe that everyone at the foundation feels the same way. I can only think of friends, thanks to my co-host. Time to present Today in the World of Autism. Back to you, Nate. Thanks, Merrick. And before I get started on our news for Today in the World of Autism, I'd just like to say thank you for your meaningful and courageous testimony. I admire your message because it's so important to bring awareness to mental health, not only as it pertains to autism, but to all people, especially during this difficult time. It's critical for people who struggle with their mental health to understand that they are not alone, that there are people out there who care about them, and there are plenty of helpful resources to help them get through the dark days. As you alluded to, Merrick, we'll have an entire episode devoted to mental health at a later time point in our show. Just to piggyback off of your comments, mental health issues are nothing to be ashamed of, and in many ways, they define an important part of who we are. Merrick, um, just a word for our listeners. Merrick, to me, the best metaphor is that he's the glue that keeps the foundation together. Um, he really does a great job of, of connecting everyone, whether it's sending out emails at the beginning of month to share um, the important news, whether it's somebody's birthday or an exciting event that's going on in the community. He just does a great job of connecting everyone and making the foundation a really fun um, and cohesive place to work. So with that being said, I would like to present a couple of exciting news stories that have occurred recently. So very recently, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, announced that one in 54 children in the U.S. Um, are now diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. This is a jump from the 1 in 59 rate that was published in their report just two years ago. So this report, it's based on data which is collected, which was collected in 2016, and this is done through the agency's Autism and Developmental Disabilities Monitoring Network, which regularly tracks prevalence by reviewing health and educational records for eight-year-olds living in 11 communities across the country. So it's a very sophisticated measure for tracking autism cases. And um, it's, it's a large sample. It's, it's, a, it's a reliable source for these ratings. Also, um, as you know, I'm a research guy. So I would like to present an exciting research finding from Dr. Katarzyna Chawarska and colleagues at Yale University who recently, through their work, highlighted a potential mechanism for early detection of autism symptoms. Now, this team, what they primarily do is they look at early markers 
for autism that can occur um, in basic everyday social interactions between an infant and their caregiver. So what they did was they recorded videos of an examiner trying to um, engage in various social activities with their six, um, or I'm sorry, with their infant when their infant was six months old, nine months old, and again at 12 months old. And the different social interactions were calling to their infant while making eye contact, tickling the infant, um, singing a nursery rhyme, playing peekaboo, and demonstrating how a toy works. So the hallmark finding here was that infants who were later diagnosed with autism spent significantly less time looking at the examiner's face when they were called or tickled during those two activities. So the reason that this is, this is exciting work is because it shows that as early as six months, the eye contact and social engagement of an infant is valuable information to be used in predicting a diagnosis. And what the researchers want to do is extend this work and get larger sample sizes and actually possibly create a diagnostic tool using these methods. Um, so, so my last point is that many autism schools and organizations across the country are still finding creative ways to celebrate Autism Awareness Month, including virtual bubble blowing, balloon throwing, and story sessions. Story sessions from our own behavioral services team at the center can be accessed remotely through our website under COVID-19 Resources and Information. Personally, I don't know any better storytellers than our behavioral services team. I could listen to them read stories all day, but that's just me. So now, Merrick, do you want to take it over from here? Certainly. To build up on what Nate said, every Saturday at the Miami Children's Museum in April, the Museum at Home will feature sensory activities, at-home how-tos, our projects and special performances, including how to create sensory bins and fidgets at home, a special performance brought to you by All Kids Included, a special performance from our theater troupe of the day, the, of the day the crowns quit, special yoga instruction. Please view link in our show notes. Another thing is that Apple has released a series of applications to help children with autism to learn during this challenging time, including Prolo to Go, a communication app intended for use by those who cannot speak or have difficulty expressing themselves verbally. There is also an art gallery from 15 artists with autism spectrum disorder across the U.S. and Canada, which can be found using this link, which will be in our show notes. Lastly, Check out this series of videos on TikTok, a major social media network that went viral about Paige Lale, an eyelash technician from Ontario, Canada, who discusses what it's like to not fit the preconceived notion of autism, especially as a woman. Videos will be linked to in our show notes. Before we go, we want to thank the Foundation for Believing in Us to be able to do a podcast for any willing listeners and because of that, we will be seeing you again next week for an interview with Nate's partner in research, Audrey Rohanda, of the Seaver Autism Center's partnership with Ernie Els, a.k.a. Seaver Els Institute, 
to ask her about the partnership, how Siever is celebrating Autism Awareness Month, and any news on the research she has been doing with us. And that is sure to be a fascinating interview. Our closing song is Just Like a Butterfly, which I wrote. A co-worker at the time of mine who knew that I had been writing songs and lyrics asked if I had ever written anything about butterflies. Fifteen minutes later, I came up with this song. Later that year, during our biggest fundraising event of the year, our grand finale, we had a presentation that had my song play in the background to 500 individuals. What a heartwarming moment. You'll hear a small snippet of the song, but the full song is available on our show notes. Well, Nate, would you be able to let us leave off with Just Like a Butterfly? That sounds like a fitting way to end our show for today. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we look forward to speaking with you next time. I could fly so high, oh, like a butterfly. I fly into the air so high, oh, like a butterfly. I 